The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. What have you said to me recently? Recently. Rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your hands. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Tuesday morning, and if you would like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page where the second video down, click on the green arrow there and blow it up on your device. Click on the Rumble link in the bottom right, and you can join us over on Rumble in the chat. We've got some friends over there. We're kind of scattered out across because we're on BeforeIt'sNews.com. There's some. There's not chat there, but there are comments uh, section <clears throat> there over at uh, over at Rumble, or excuse me, Before It's News. But we're on Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page. DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, and also Twitch at Setting Brushfires. 
And then if you're if you've got a Roku device, we're on Roku at Cutting Edge TV. And then we've got you know a couple of little places that I put it out my my private page on Facebook, my public page on Facebook, and then they unpublished our our Sons of Liberty page. Uh, so, you know, a couple of people are straying in there from Facebook, and they're trying to make the transition and things. As long as you're on, we're good. Just remember, if it goes off of whatever channel, for whatever reason, go to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You guys don't need to call me. You don't need to send me an email. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right side of the page. <laughs> Just letting you know that we're there. Right above that is where Bradley's show is from yesterday. That's uh, right above where we're streaming live. Be sure to sign up for an email newsletter um, you get one email from us today, including the Morning Show Archive. So all the stuff we're going to mention today will be in that just like normal. And uh, then there is a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Uh, if you'd like to support us, you agree with our message, right there. Click that, make a one-time donation, or become a son or daughter of liberty with us. Um, either way, that's a monthly partner. You get some goodies, you get discounts in the store and all kinds of things like that. And uh, and you help keep us out there, radio, internet, and on the road doing the things that we do there. In fact, uh, Bradley's already got a pretty full schedule for January. I don't know if you guys have seen his schedule. Bradley's schedule, that link is at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com. See if he's coming to your area, Michigan and Wisconsin, maybe a South Dakota in there. Um, I don't know where else he's got in there, but uh, he gave me one the other day, and I forgot where it was, uh, but I put it in there. The store is available, as always. This week, we're not highlighting any special uh, on any products in the store, so if you uh, want to get those Check those out and, and everything. Now, before we bring our guest on today, I want to just make you aware of a few stories, and then I got this little clip I want to play you, all right? Um, <clears throat> because I have such wonderful friends uh, who send me music, like the pre-show music that we're going to play the rest of this week, and that's the this Christmas version of Hallelujah. I feel It's got the entire gospel in it, from birth to death um, it, it, to burial, resurrection, this is all contained in that song, and I think it was Carol Ann who sent me this one. Uh, we had the one of Right on King Jesus. Philly sent me that one. Uh, just thank you for those. I don't like I don't like silly songs, even though the one I'm going to play for you is a little silly, but it makes a good point. Uh, I don't like stuff like that, but but you guys sent me those. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was very uplifting, both of them. Ah, I would play the Right on King Jesus every day, to, like as an intro. <laughs> Matter of fact, I might switch that up and do that in the morning, uh, you know, for, for Rotten to the Core Wednesday with Lynn. By the way, we're going to have Dr. Bill Smith on on Thursday. Yes, he's going to be warning you about the CPR tests and the danger of it, not only the false positive, but the danger of it, and also the new test that they're putting out, which is even more dangerous. And boy, have I got something to tell you about Chick-fil-A. I'm going to try to run through this real quick so we can bring our friend on in just a moment to talk about what's going on in Minnesota. This is what's going on in SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Texas, listen to this. In Texas, a whopping 25 cops in a single county. We're not talking about the state, okay? We're talking about 25 cops in a single county arrested in 2021 and charged from child rape to bestiality. That's in Texas. One county, 25 cops. Hmm, yeah. Manufacturing contempt for Assange. Julian Assange, in case you forgot his name, because the mainstream media was after him to put a bullet in his head. You remember that? During the Trump years? And Trump was in there going, oh, I love Julian Assange, I love WikiLeaks, until he got in office, and he goes, I don't know anything about those guys. Yeah. For those of you who still haven't figured it out, many of you have. I'm glad to say 
Many Trumpites have left their idolatry and they see him for what he is, mainly because he keeps putting the jab. And I think that's I think that's intentional, guys. I think it's intentional because the idea is to set up Ron DeSantis, okay? Just going to say it. They're manufacturing contempt for Assange, how the media, uh, the media made WikiLeaks founder into a scapegoat. I think it's worth your time to read what's going on there. Um, this is from our friend David Rizzolata. I tell you, you ought to read David because David has gone back like G. Edward Griffin, and he has gone into the communist writings, pulled out from them what they're doing. Manipulating your and your children's opinion to gain consensus, the Delphi technique in educational planning. And you ought, really ought to check that out. You really should. Um, and then there's this one from Ron Paul we got uh, yesterday. Is the crack-up boom here? I'm beginning to question that because I'm seeing behind the scenes. By the way, I got my authenticated birth certificate, full faith and credit of the United States backing that. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be able to share with you bits and pieces. I don't. I don't want to. I want to fly under the radar in that. I'm just letting you know I got it, and uh, and that's what it says on there. Um, but uh, seeing what goes on behind the scenes, America has been bankrupt for decades, literally bankrupt. Not more. Not just morally, um, they've been bankrupt financially for decades. This is why you have fiat money being passed around instead of constitutional money, gold and silver. And then the final one is this: five stories you probably missed as the Mockingbird Media. Push the COVID fear and divide. Be sure to check those out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Now, I want to play this little thing right here. And uh, it's a little lighthearted. But for those of you who come from the uh, era that I do, and that is the 80s, you know, I'm just going to say it. The, the music from the 80s, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. It just isn't. I know some of you guys who are older than me say, oh, no, it's, it's the 70s. Oh, it's the 60s. What this is a rendition of the Billy Ocean. It's only about a minute. Omicron Queen, if you haven't had... It's, it's I guess, a lighthearted thing dealing with the idiocy of what we're getting from those who call themselves doctors, experts in the medical field, and all this nonsense. Check this out. I, and The guy did a pretty good job, but listen to the words of what he has to say. catchy it's catchy i you know i yeah i threw the sunglasses on just for you bethany since you said that <laughs> but in any case we're here to talk about what's going on in minnesota 
And, uh, you know, I've got my friend Keith Haskell. And uh, Keith has recently started contributing to SonsLibertyMedia.com. Uh, his first article is up. National Action Task Force, that's who he's with, he's an investigator, to Governor Tim Walls, liar, liar, pants on fire. And uh, Debbie, I'll have it up on um, the archive later this morning, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Look for the same title that you see in the video description. You'll find it on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. It'll be before lunch. And by the way, I'm going to let you guys in on something. I found the several DVDs that we worked on when I was at Nicene Council. I've told you about some of those. Some of those you can't get at Amazon anymore. So I found copies of them I'd had once we produced the video, the DVDs. Those are now uploaded in my personal Rumble channel. I'm going to add all of those in from Amazing Grace, The History and Theology of Calvinism. If you have not seen that, seriously, if you've been given a straw man about Calvinism, you need to hear that. It's, I don't know how many hours, three or four hours, something like that. Uh, our friend Eric Holmberg is in that. Uh, my friend Jerry Johnson was the one who wrote the script for it, and uh, it, it's Seriously, you will love the history. You'll love the biblical exposition from that. Uh, the vignettes that are in it—it's not done like it's—it's it's a documentary, but it's not done like a documentary. It's really, really good. Uh, that's going to be up. If you guys are cons- have questions about dispensationalism, uh, I've got a couple of videos up on that, and I've got one I've got to finish uploading. Is dispensationalism guilty of replacement theology? I'm going to throw it back on them. That one's up there. Um, we've got the fall of Jerusalem with Ken Gentry. We've got, uh, I can't remember, there's two or three others, uh, Beware of False Prophets, which is about Charles Finney, um, and what he really meant by atonement, <laughs> which is probably going to blow some of you people's minds, because he didn't mean atonement the way the Bible means atonement. Um, you know, just putting the truth out there is what it is. And then there's a couple of others. So I'm going to link all those videos in there in the archive this morning because I think it's important that people educate themselves on this history and on this biblical exposition. It's very important. Now, with me today is uh, Keith Haskell. And Keith, I don't have your uh, your video up. I think he's got me cut off because he's doing some stuff there. But he's with the National Action Task Force and he's an investigator there, and we've highlighted, Bradley's highlighted him on the show, and he's highlighted him in an article, and we've got some video here. And we're going to talk about a couple of things this morning, but it's my privilege and pre- pleasure to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Keith Haskell. Good morning, man. Good morning, sir. Good to be on. Yeah, it's great to have you with us, and you can see Keith is up. He's up like an hour earlier than I am, because <laughs> he needed a different time frame. There we go. That's better. Yeah, and uh, and so Keith, it's it's an honor to have you on, and uh, and you know he's almost, he's very festive there. He's got his red shirt on, he's got his big flag on. But Keith is doing the stuff out there, and uh, for those of you who have not seen it, just bring you over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And again, Bradley did an article on confronting the school board sandbox tyrants making or masking for money, and uh, he had a video of two gentlemen. Keith was one of them. And Keith, you've been warning this particular school board for some time about their tyranny. And you've been warning them, you know, in this last one, you said, wait a minute, your protections are gone. Each one of you is going to be accountable individually, individually, which is what we've been saying all along is, why should the taxpayers be held accountable for representatives who are violating the law? Can you give people a little flavor of what went on at this latest meeting on December the 13th of this year? 
I can. And just a, a slight correction. I okay. tour and investigate several school boards. I had not been to that one before, but I had been sent nine different school board meeting videos. So I had researched and investigated what they've been doing at the parent groups have been doing everything from certified mail to the school board members telling them, hey, you're in violation of this, that, or the other thing. So the school board uh, parent group called me in and said, hey, can you address the school board? And that's kind of how I got into that particular one up in Brainerd. But what's going on, Tim, is not just in Minnesota. And I I just want to come out of the gates with that. You know, we're all about the truth here. And this is really happening nationwide. It is rampant in Minnesota. And, and we are taking it head on. Um, but basically, that is it. We found some some nuggets in the U.S. code that allow us to take it to them financially. And that's the only way, apparently, that they're going to listen to us. Because the parent groups have been trying for 9 to 18 months about these masks and, and CRT and everything else. And now we're just taking it to them financially and say, hey, you've been warned. You've had all the warnings. There, there's videotape evidence that you've been warned by parent groups. And now you're in violation of U.S. code. And we're coming at you. We're coming at you to the tune of $250,000 per individual school board member per incident. And we have pierced the veil of protection, if you want to look at it from a a corporate standpoint, where the school board is not allowed to charge attorney fees back to the school board and the taxpayers by law, by U.S. code. Um, They've, they've, you know, we've pierced that veil of protection. So they are responsible for individuals. Hey, man, let me ask you something, because I'm dealing with, um, and I was going to tell people, but I don't want to take up our time with, with Minnesota, but I'll let you know later on, Friday, we're going to do a whole show on it. I've already warned Chick-fil-A down here in Gaffney, South Carolina, we're going to do a whole show on it. Does this, what you found out here to deal with them on mass mandates and all this other stuff, vaccines and all this other stuff, does that also apply to any corporations? Because I, the school board is a corporation in and of itself, but does it apply to, to corporations like Chick-fil-A? Absolutely. Oh, this is going to be really good. You have to look at everything that's being violated. It's not just your constitutional rights with the federal government, and hopefully your state constitution is equally as strong. Uh, American Disability Act things are being violated. Uh, Human rights are being violated. U.S. codes are being violated. You know, we can go on and on and on, but that's really my role is what all are they doing and how many different avenues can I come at them from to not only prove my case, but to prove it in a point where uh, this is not going to be a drawn out three-year thing. Okay. We're going to hit them hard and hit them quick. Okay. Now let me ask you this. Let me, let me add to that. Uh, when we're dealing with these kinds of things, is this just uh, on uh, mass mandates? Uh, what, what exactly are you dealing with as far as um, the, the school boards that are there, uh, when when they're when they're enforcing they're pushing these kinds of things they're not listening to the the parents we had a lady I forget the lady's name but she's got red she's got kind of burgundy hair she's a she's a, a black woman and she's saying basically parents don't have any say so or shouldn't have any say so at a school board which is kind of stupid to me if you ask me but what all is this applying to is this applying to all of these things we're seeing in the last two years or is it applying to some other things that are that are not being so up on the top. It's the only thing I'm going to credit COVID with doing. Okay. COVID opened our eyes because we walked by the kitchen and we saw what our sons and daughters were being taught because of the Zoom meetings. That's the only positive thing I can think of from COVID is it exposed us to what's going on in our school systems and not just our schools, but it's mask mandates. It's the pornography in our school systems, the pedophilia in our school systems, the CRT, 
It's your city councils doing things behind closed doors, your county boards not being appropriate, and yes, corporations as well. So it's it's not any one specific thing. There are recourse that we can take. But again, you know, as you guys preach too, liberties that aren't exercised are liberties lost. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and you know, the the, the Jesus said that about the the violent taking the kingdom by force. And and you know, the church has been it hasn't been militant. It's been effeminized. It's been emasculated. Uh, John Robbins uh, over at uh, the Trinity Foundation. I think I think he's gone now. I'm not sure, uh, but he wrote a book on that, talking about the effeminization of the church. And she is not militant anymore. She is not. And I know it sounds weird saying she and then masculine and stuff like that, but she is not who Christ has called her to be. And she has become weak, impotent. She's become as the, the salt that lost his saltiness to be trampled under underfoot by men. So I'm, you know, when I saw you speak out at, at, at this um, uh, school board meeting, one of the things that struck me was you were bold, you were unashamed. The gentleman who spoke before you, I don't know his name, maybe you can, can chime in on that, but you were speaking to the board and when your time ran out, you were like, no, 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 you don't get to limit my time. And you kept talking. They adjourned, disrespected you, walked out. You turned and spoke to the people who were there. And then when you were done, they decided they were going to come back in. A bunch of – it's cowardly if you ask me. What, what was going on there? Well, you know, that's the first time I've ever gone over my speaking limit. And I just decided while I was sitting there and observing live in person what was going on, and knowing how many months these parent groups have tried. I mean, they did a petition with thousands of parents on it, and the school board acted like it was toilet paper, you know? And I, I just, I'd had enough. I understand where these parents are coming from. I've got three gorgeous daughters. I mean, gorgeous internally as well as externally. And uh, they're only in their 20s, but they're, you know, they're raising children now, and this is the future. And I'm not going to have a school board. They're playing all kinds of games. If you think that was bad, um, and I thought it was bad because it wasn't, it was like five seconds over my time they decided to get up and walk out and turn their back. And I've never spoken over my time. I've never turned and faced the crowd uh, instead of a school board. But I just thought, no, you know what? I understand we need decorum and control. I was a 4-H leader for 10 years. You know, I get Robert's rules of orders. You got to move a meeting along. But when you say that a parent has two or three minutes to talk to a school board and you can't ask questions, and they aren't going to answer any questions anyway. That's not communication. That's not an open forum. That's a closed door of you're trying to appease us and you're not answering anything. So when they turned their back, I just decided that I wasn't done. I was there to educate parents on what could be done at the same time as put the school board on notice. And I went for it. And it worked. Well, I, I think one of the things is that they don't want to answer because I don't think they have an answer. I think they're Look, I think they're doing exactly like what I spoke with the human resources person at Chick-fil-A. They're just kind of following whatever the person above them is telling them to do so they can keep their job. And they don't realize that by complying, especially in the business area, they're moving themselves closer and closer towards communism because communism is a full takeover of those businesses. This is why China, everything you buy out of China goes to the, to the Chinese government, the communist government there. And this is the same thing in in the uh, in the school boards when they're going to do this, they're allowing that communism to manifest itself within the education process, which I call indoctrination. So I'm glad that you spoke up there. Now here's the question that I have for you, and then we're gonna 
we're gonna I'm gonna give you a few minutes to talk about this, and then I want to talk about what's going on here with Lisa Hansen up there as well. And I, I know you're you're intimately involved with that. What's the next step? You warned these people. Tell me what you the warning that you gave to the school board regarding their violations of law and their lack of listening to uh, the parents there and their concerns. Well, I normally try to encourage the school board to work with the parent groups. You know, they're our board of education. They they keep saying, oh, you parents now act like parents because children are watching, the children are learning. Well, yeah, the children are watching and learning. And what they're learning is from the school board, what they're learning is not positive. They're learning that you don't have to take any questions. You don't have to give any answers. You just decide that this is the way it is and parents should just shut up and take it. Well, the kids that they're teaching that are going to be parents in five years. In 10 years, they're going to have kids in school. Is that what we want them learning? And that how we that's how we want them behaving? I don't think so. So in addition to the warning and teaching parents, it's okay, it's time to take the next step. And most of the parent groups have said, we're done with warnings. That's just a step in the process that we have to give them. But then we start writing uh, our notices, our written notices and demands. We start doing uh, notices of wrongdoing with a financial claim attached to them to make things right. And the thing is, the ball is in the court of the parents. When you're the one making the claim, and it's your claim of wrongdoing, you also get to say what you want to redress your grievances. So I've got one parent who says, hey, I want a full-page apology about this masking baloney, and I want signatures on that newspaper ad, full-page in the local community paper, hey, I'm sorry, we were wrong, and we didn't listen to science, and we didn't investigate enough. And we made these ridiculous, harmful rules about masking yourself uh, to our children when we don't even practice it in the grocery store or the nightclub or the wedding hall that we're out in. So, you know, let's see that full page ad come out. I don't think anyone on that school board is going to be eligible for election. And they don't understand that in in addition to the $250,000 that they're liable for, we can and will go after some of them criminally. And we're going to take away your insurance bond whether it's a surety bond or fidelity bond or whichever bond you have in your insurance, we're going after the insurance companies. And when that happens enough, you're not bondable. And in this state, you can't be in public office, even in a school board, if you can't get a bond. So we've got to do what we've got to do. This is a war. Uh, It's not a war against the school board or the school board members. It's a war against their actions and their behavior that parents have no say in the education of our children. We didn't gift them to the school board. We sent them there because they're supposed to help with our education. Well, I'm going to ask you a question before we move on here. You know, when you watch, maybe I'm a little naive. Maybe I'm a little just simplified or whatever. You know, I'm a redneck out here in rural South Carolina. And uh, (laughs) me and my wife have been together for, we're going to be 27 years this coming month. And we've had 10 children, um, home educated them. Uh, all of this. And my question to you, Keith, is why do we need a school board when parents who care are the ones who show up to speak anyway? Why can't those parents come together and determine the curriculum and determine all those things just like they did, you know, back in, uh, you know, Little House on the Prairie Days? They brought in a teacher. That teacher was directly accountable to the parents. And if there was something amiss, that teacher had to answer to the parents, not a school board. Why can't we right. move things back to that instead of dealing with these little tin hat tyrants there? Well, again, you know, and you suckered me into that question because, as you know, a little house on the prairie is from Wallen Grove. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
So, you know, I, I get it. How are you going to deal with, let's say, a school district with 9,000 parents? You're going to listen to them all? You're going to give them all a microphone for five minutes? Well, hey, you know, hey just, I, let, me, let me interject. I don't yep. think I have to. There's not 9,000 people showing up at this event. There, there might be – how many people were just in this room, the main room? Let me just uh, give the video portion here. How many people were in that room, and then how many people were in the overflow? You're not dealing with 9,000 people. I'm talking about dealing with the parents who actually care, and I think you right. could – I think parents could do that. Well, and there's – and you know, here's one of the games that they're playing. To tell me that we only have two minutes or three minutes, and the most I've seen in Minnesota is five minutes, which is pretty decent, to, to express your concern, why aren't they saying, hey, we have half an hour? Because if there's only two speakers, why limit them to two minutes or three minutes? And I have been in school board meetings where there's only two or three people to speak on public forum. Then why not give those parents a little more time? Why not have a little discussion and dialogue? Why not, you know? they're not interested in that. And I need to correct something, at least in my view of what I'm seeing that, that you said you'd like to believe, but this is deliberate. This is calculate. Oh yeah. Um, this, this isn't, Oh, we just didn't know we're beyond that. I believe that at first as well. And I thought, okay, I got to go educate school boards. Mm -mm. No, this is very calculated. We've seen things as cheap as um, the timer for your speaking is on a computer and they take their finger and slide the timer forward to cheat you out of 15 seconds, 30 seconds. One person, we didn't realize it until we looked at the videos afterward, but one person before me spoke for four and a half minutes uninterrupted. And she was against the mask mandate. Then I get up to speak and I'm a little more aggressive at times when I need to be. And I have my facts pretty much in a row. And as soon as I started telling them what was going on and what they were in for and that I'd been in town investigating and that I had video of them at a wedding with no mask, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, at a minute and 40 seconds, my timer was going off. We didn't realize it until we went to the video and compared the two. But there's just so many dirty games that it is. It's deliberate and it has to stop. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. And you're a guy doing it. Now, here's the final question I want to ask on the school boards. You've already warned them. You've told them you're accountable for this. You're, you don't have any protection. You've pierced that veil, that, to use your term. What's the next step? You've, you've built up a case because you've come before them several times. You've got written documentation. So you've given them due process and all of this to, to correct what's wrong. What's the right. next step for you guys in, uh, in dealing with these little tyrants? So we give them that opportunity to correct it. We take all of our evidence, and it is evidence. We take our dates, times, places, videos, letters, et cetera, letters to the editor. We ship it all to them with a notice and demand and say, all right, here's what you violated on this date and time, whether it was a state statute or a U.S. code or constitutional rights or, or whatever it is. On this date and time, you did this. On this date and time, you did this. We do at least three bullet points. That's the minimum by an unwritten rule in Minnesota. So we do at least three of those. And then we say, here is your opportunity to correct it. Here's our demands. So it is called notice and demand. We put them on notice in writing with the evidence, and then we make our demands. And they have 10 days to respond to that. If they don't, as a courtesy, we don't have to. We send them another letter. We give them five business days, not 10, not 30. We give them five business days. Say, hey, you know, you didn't respond on time with our notice and demand. Here's your second chance to show you that we're trying to work with you a little bit here. And then if they don't, it's called acquiescing. They admit guilt 
by default yep. by not responding to your complaint. Um, I say that for the benefit of the listeners, and I'm not a big word person, but when they acquiesce, they're done. It's over. I now take those documents. I go to the city clerk or the county recorder's office. I file those documents. It has the same power and effect of a judgment going through county court. That's right. Without having to get a judgment and going through county court. Yep. Now, what happens? Well, here's part I didn't know that happens. At midnight or Friday night at midnight, whenever, all those things that have been recorded are uploaded to guess who? Credit bureaus. Nice. <laughs> nice. So you're getting you're getting them on their credit as well. Hey, if you own a four hundred thousand dollar house and you owe someone two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for trampling all over their rights, good luck selling that home without paying. <laughs> You know, I'm learning some of that as I'm dealing with quote unquote creditors. They claim that they're crediting when they're really borrowing against you and your estate and everything. So I'm I'm learning some of that. You set a case, you you do a biblical thing. You basically give them space to repent, if you will, from what they're doing and you're you're documenting that you came this is the two or three witnesses what the bible says confirms the matter so i get that i think it's great and it's it's very public it's not done in private it's not done you know in a closet somewhere you're doing it right out in the open now this leads us to the other story that's going on and you know it isn't getting it isn't getting any kind of traction and not that i'm i'm surprised by that in the mockingbird media that is over melissa hansen up in minnesota um, she's got a, she's got a restaurant bar kind of thing. Uh, they gave her 90 days in jail for opening during the lockdown. She needed, she's like a lot of these businesses when this started, you know, even everybody said, Oh, this is Democrats. This is Democrat governors. No, it wasn't. We've got a Republican governor here in South Carolina. He tried to pull the Nazi-esque, uh, you know, essential, non-essential businesses, which he doesn't have any authority to do. And he wouldn't, I called five times to get a statement from him where he's getting that authority and nobody would call me back uh, because I wanted to get his take on that. He wouldn't call me back. Um, and so while the government employees keep getting their paychecks, Miss Hansen is reasons. spending Christmas in, in jail. Can you elaborate on what's going on there? Well, sure. And, and please keep this in mind for your viewers. She didn't just open up against the governor's mandates. She and how many hundreds, if not thousands of businesses stayed closed for month after month after month after month. And then they were given the privilege to open up at 25% and then 50% and then 100%. Oh, wait, here comes variant number two. <clears throat> we're going to close you down again. And that's when over 200 businesses formed a coalition. It was actually called Reopen Minnesota. Amen. And they said, we're opening. They held a press conference. They published the names of the, of the businesses that were going to open. In hindsight, that wasn't very smart. <clears throat> um, we should have just done it. Because what happened is the, uh, the state attorney general, who's the Muslim guy? Yeah, uh, Keith, Keith Ellison. Ellison. Yep. Yeah. The wife beater documented. Um, Keith Ellison actually had literally phone banks of people and sheriff's members and health code workers and food service inspectors go to all these businesses in 24 hours and say, if you open, we're coming at you. Well, 12 of them did open, including Melissa Hansen and stayed open and defied. And they all got sued civilly, but for some reason, <clears throat> and I know what the reason is, but for some reason, Melissa Hansen was charged criminally. Can you the tell us one. 
Can you tell us what that reason you think it is? Yeah, her name's Kelly Don Martinez. Kelly is a, uh, a city attorney with no sworn oath of office to the Constitution, which that alone is against our state law. Uh, Kelly Martinez, the city attorney, is climbing that corporate ladder, if you will, within uh, uh, public government and wants a bigger and better job than just a city attorney. I understand why she's a city attorney. They prosecute misdemeanor, petty misdemeanor, your lower, lower level crimes, which this is. But she charged Melissa criminally and she charged a count for every single day Melissa was open, the nine days. So there's nine counts of defying the governor's orders. And you're right. She's a grandmother of, she's a mother of nine, grandmother of 10, no, wow. grandmother of 11. There was a new one two, three days ago. <laughs> wow. And Congratulations to her. Way. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's the first series of grandchildren that she has not been right by the side in delivery. She has helped with every single one of those grandchildren. Well, let me let me ask before we go further. Is does does um, uh, Lisa have a way that people who hear her story here and hear what they've done to her that they can support her financially? I know she's probably got some legal bills or some other things. Does she have a way that we can support her that we can throw in the archive so people can click on that if they want to support Lisa? Absolutely, and I'm probably going to blow my opportunity right now because I don't have them memorized. <laughs> well, you get uh, it to me, she, and we'll she have, have it up. She has a GoFundMe, but we learned through your show to go to Give, Send, Go. Yep. Give, Send, Go. Yep. So she has that as well, and you can always go to uh, their page, StanfordLibertyMN.com, MN for Minnesota, and at the bottom it does teach you how to donate. But I'll send that to you as well so you can put it up in your show notes. I'll get you the, the links to everything. Okay, I'm I'm uh, putting this in here. Hang on. Uh, for LibertyMN.com, right? StanfordLibertyMN.com. Okay, just so everybody uh, who is listening uh, by Red State Talk Radio, StanfordLibertyMN, like Minnesota.com, go there. And you guys who are watching by way of um, the video platforms, that's in here. And you say it somewhere down in here, uh, Keith? There's a donate button on there somewhere. Yeah, okay, I'm not – maybe I missed that. Okay, donations right here. Okay, so donations is at the top of the page. You guys check that out, StanfordLibertyMN.com. Now, she's obviously been targeted, Keith, and this is what I said when this first got – I mean, I wish I could go back and remember which show I I, I said on several – but this was before the lady down in Texas opened her salon. This was before the lady. She has the same name as my uh, criminal senator here, Lindsey Graham. Uh, but she's a woman out in California, opened her salon, and they were facing several days in jail. They were facing seven and $14,000 in fines. And I told the people, I said, what are you doing? Get your armed friends. Texas, for goodness sake. You know, you're not supposed to mess with Texas, but boy, they're messing with Texas down there. You've got armed friends. You you have the right to keep and bear arms. And it's not just so you can fight off the criminals. It's so you can secure a free state by way of a militia. And I said, so band together as businesses, arm yourselves. And when the blue coats come to shut you down and say, you can't do this. It's against the law. You say, there is no law. Get out of here. We're going to have to deal with you like our forefathers did, the Minutemen. Uh, who, you know, when Thomas Gage came in the, in Massachusetts and wanted to separate the more than one public assembly, the Minutemen came out in vast numbers to the dragoons who were sent to them and ran them off. And how did they run them off? With guns, people. With guns. They were violent. They meant violence because they knew these people were tyrants and they were there to take away 
their liberty. So with Lisa, she's being targeted by this lady, Kelly, who sounds like she's a political you know, twin of Kamala Harris, like a political horde, that she's climbing this ladder and things. What can Lisa do to deal with this lady, Kelly, who's charged her criminally when there's no law that she's violated? What, what can she do here? Well, we filed a writ of habeas corpus on her behalf, which is a, a we took it to the federal level, to the United States Federal Courthouse in St. Paul, asking for her immediate release. And we have over 100 bullet points in that writ of habeas corpus saying this was violated, this was violated, this was violated, this was violated. There's over 100 of them. Uh, and and what we're doing now is not only asking the federal court to step in and release Melissa, Lisa Hansen. We're also asking the court to bar this judge and the city attorney from ever practicing law in the state of Minnesota again. Now, will they do that? I don't know. Do they have the authority and power to do it? Absolutely. If they don't do it, will we go further? Yes, in Minnesota speak, you betcha. Um, Lisa's prepared for that. She's not She's not backing down. There is no law. We've proved it. The, all the documents are up on my Facebook page. I'll send them to anybody. We'll get you my contact information. You can actually read exactly what was laid out in court and ignored for nine months. And then the sham of a trial, even in her sentencing. In Minnesota, when you have such a small crime and you have no criminal history, you do not get sentenced to jail. And you get a pre-sentence investigation on, you know, what we should do to make this go away, basically. Boy, not Lisa. As soon as that guilty uh, verdict came in, it was like, okay, let's move to sentencing. And the city attorney already had the sentencing up on her screen the second the judge said that. So obviously her and the judge had already talked about what sentencing was going to be. And they never, on a misdemeanor, whisk you straight to jail. They give you time to get your affairs in order. This happened days before Christmas. And normally, a judge would have said, well, why don't you report on the 31st of December? So maybe you're going to miss the New Year's celebration. But at least a God-fearing children's church minister, children's church leader of over a decade would not be going to jail immediately. And on a misdemeanor, I mean, we don't send... We don't send armed carjackers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a misdemeanor. And on top of that, to add insult to injury, they fined her $1,000, too. And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, how in the world? Let me ask you this. Did she have a jury or is it what's going on here? I'm, I'm, because I know they manipulate that stuff, too, and they'll cut it out and they'll, they'll make it administrative and then they'll change it to criminal and all this. other. Did she have a jury of peers there? She had a jury of six, and it was really tough picking a jury. And please understand, I was every single second of that whole trial right by their side. Um, she did have a jury of six, but the jury instructions from the judge were so tainted and so one way. that, and, and I mean this. Do not be mad at the jury. Lisa and her husband are not mad at the jury. The jury had no choice but to come up with a guilty verdict. I would have come up with a guilty verdict. If I was on that jury and I listened to the judge's instructions, and here's the key, Lisa wasn't allowed to present her defense at all. She was shut down. She wasn't allowed to use the word constitution or unconstitutional. She was not allowed to quote a state statute. She wasn't allowed to bring up U.S. code. So every time she would say, 
but I didn't violate the executive order because state statutes in chapter 12 that have to do with emergency orders don't allow you to do an executive order against a private person or business for public health reasons. She couldn't say that. She wasn't allowed to say that. So the jury had no choice. The instructions that they were given were so one-sided and the testimony and evidence was so uh, constricted. They, I would have found her guilty, you know, and it's a travesty and we're not done with it. In fact, I started posting documents on my Facebook page so that the jury there hears the words that the judge said, because he basically said, I interpret the law. I will tell the jury what the law is. At one point in time, Lisa said, well, are you going to like give them a copy of the law? Because I have it printed out, you know, so that you can give it to them for deliberations. Oh, no, no, no. They're too stupid to understand the law. That's basically what he said. He maybe didn't use the word stupid. He implied that the jurors of Freeborn County, Minnesota, are not smart enough to sit on a jury and know what the law is. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. The people are the law. We say that all you the time I, here. We are I the understand. law because we're <laughs> under God. And it's not that we make up law to ourselves, but the fact of the matter is Romans 1 tells us that we know there's a God— we know that we're accountable to him, and those who are reprobate are those who don't want to honor him as God. We want to honor God as God, and we want to honor him as the lawgiver, the one who gave his law. And I think that's what the idea of the Constitution is to protect us from government, to say, government, here's what God has said you have authority in. And, and look, I'm gonna, I told people I think there's things in the U.S. Constitution that need to be amended to, to be more conformed to biblical law. No question about that. It's an imperfect document. It is not inspired like the Scriptures. But when we're dealing with this, there's something that juries are not given, and that is the information to know of, about jury nullification. That's a pretty important thing, Keith, that these people, when the judge tells them, oh, you can't do this, and you've got to do it according to this and this, that, and the other, they got a right to tell the judge where he can go take a fly and leap because they have a right to look at the law and see whether the law was actually violated or whether they're trying to set this woman up or anybody else who might be in there as well. And I don't think a lot of people get that the people themselves, this jury, they have real power. They don't have to submit to a tyrannical judge who says, well, you can't mention the words constitutional. You can't mention unconstitutional because, you know, despite my efforts of dealing with, I believe the Bible is the law of the land, even though, but the Constitution says it, is to hold them to their own words, these guys who take this oath to say, why don't you hold what you took an oath to uphold, which says it's the law of the land? Why don't you do that? That seems... That seems very strange for a judge to say you can't use these words and you can't appeal to the Constitution. That doesn't make any sense at all. No, but to the guy who threw uh, battery acid in his girlfriend's face in an attempt to kill her, this same judge let that person go on probation. I'll bet he was Muslim. You can say it. Look, we're we're not ones who back away from that stuff. <laughs> That, that I, I know they're, they're doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Nonverbal communication. <laughs> nonverbal communication. Well, everybody saw your face, so we know exactly what you mean yeah. there. Well, so, again. So, Tim, you bring up a point, though. You, you talked about the Constitution and God's law and the Bible. And I understand that, that our founding documents, they're not perfect, and we're not a perfect country. Um, but you know what? Those documents were created with the Bible in mind in a Christian-based society. 
And I've come to the belief that the devil's favorite song is Inchworm, Inchworm, I Love You. Uh, yep. Not in a good way, because that's what he did is just inch by inch, inch by inch, inch by inch, took away our liberties, took away our freedoms. I mean, I remember the big debate when prayer was not going to be allowed in school anymore. Remember, tens of thousands of parents would show up at state capitals. We can't get we can't get six thousand people to show up at a state capitol here. Everybody's um, going to be complacent because they're rich and they're fat, dumb, and happy. That's what that's what they are, and they they like to be that way. Well, not all politicians are fat. But no, that I'm talking about I'm talking about the people themselves. When I speak of fat, I'm talking about they become indulgent. I, they be they they love their luxuries. Well, we're in a society where we want somebody else to do everything for us. You know, I just put on my Facebook if we have six thousand people at a rally or. 3,000 people at a rally, why don't we have election judges? Why are we not becoming election judges or poll watchers or going to caucus or becoming a delegate? Yep. That's a huge concern. If I got 5,000 Patriot brothers and sisters standing at the state capitol, you know, 200 of us with guns or whatever, why are we not doing the things we need to do to take this country back one community, one state at a time? And those are things we have to do. If we don't do it, this is all I hear, you know, and these are my Patriot brothers and sisters. It's time to take action. It doesn't all have to be by force, but I'm agreeing with you, Tim. I think that time is, if it's not here right now, it'll be here in 90 days. Yep. Well, I, and I, this is why we promote things like tactical civics, learn your civic duty people. And part of that is to reinstitute common law, Grand juries, that's one thing where the people actually have a say. They bring the evidence. They're doing that kind of stuff. And then they bring indictments in that. And as a result, guess what? The people were complaining about a lack of justice and this, that, and the other. You can band together under the Constitution and under your state government who will appoint whoever you put up as officers for your militia, who are the real law enforcements, which is us, Article 1, Section 8, or Section 8, Clause 15. They're the real law enforcers. Who's the militia? Is it the National Guard? Well, that's what the feds want you to believe, that they have a federal militia, and they've got that written in their statutes. But the fact of the matter is our forefathers believed that it was you and me, the common man, who, not not federalized, not agents of the state, but the common man who would be those who would enforce the law. This is why we encourage that. And I encourage people, go tacticalcivics.com, learn. Yeah, some people have problems with different things about money and Certain things that I'm like, go and learn what you haven't learned about your civic duty. Do that. Look, I paid the $50 and I don't have $50 for the whole year to learn the civic duties and then start to implement them in your county, not at the federal level, not the state, in your county. Start doing it there. And I think that's where the battle is, Keith, is in the counties that you're in locally. That's where you take it to them, and that will affect people in the state, and those people will affect people in the federal government. You're right, and that's part of why I got in with the NATF is the the teaching and the resources that are in there. And then, you know, we're fortunate. We have some guys like me that really have been investigators for 30 years in other areas of our life, and some people that are just average mama bears and papa bears learning to become an investigator because they're having to dig in against a school board or a city council or a county board. And that's exactly what we need. We need to teach. That's that's why I do what I do right here with you. I'm looking for other people in Minnesota, Iowa, South Dakota. Those are three states that I help with. I want to 
train the trainer. I want to get other people educated and knowledgeable about this. Duplicate what we're doing because it's working. Let's go do it. Let's go take it back. Let's quit whining about our government because we're the government. We're only whining about ourselves. We let somebody else do it uncontrolled, unmonitored, and they got drunk on power. Amen. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, let's see. Um, Mr. Wordsworth asks on DLive.tv at the Sons of Liberty, after a long treat of abuses, then what? Well, uh, what does our forefather say? Uh, Thomas Jefferson, when he's writing the Declaration of Independence, he says, you, dis- you have the right of the people is to dissolve that government if it's not protecting their rights. So you give them every opportunity. Look, God has been merciful with us. I get that. And as such, we should be merciful to people. This is what Keith is talking about, building the case, coming to them again and again, pleading with them that they repent and they stop engaging in their tyrannies. And then when they won't, then you're going to bring the hammer down. And I think, Keith, you've you've put it forth that now you're putting it in the public domain. They've had opportunity to repent. You've given them space to repent. They won't do it. And by acquiescing, that was the term that you use. I know that's sort of a legal term as well. I'm learning some of these words. Uh, what you're, what they're doing is saying, "Hey, I'm guilty because I, my mouth is shut, like it is in Rome, in the Book of Romans, where Paul says, so that every mouth may be shut before God, that all might become guilty before Him for their sin." You're doing the same thing. You're giving them space to speak, and when they won't speak, they're basically saying, "I'm guilty of whatever you're accusing me of." Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we, it, it's sad, but we we have to do it, people. This isn't a choice. We don't have representatives that represent us anymore. We can prove it right now. Does your school board represent the wishes of the majority of your parent groups? Absolutely not. By the thousands, they don't care. They're going to do what they want to do, usually because you can follow the money, at least on the whole mask mandate thing or or the campaign contributions. And, And that should be their slogan next year, masking for money. Every single school board that's taken all this COVID money and running with this whole mask mandate thing, when the school board members don't wear a mask at their job or at their grocery store or at the bar or at the wedding or at the funeral, people that should send you a message, you should be going, what's going on? Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. Keith, we're out of time here. National-taskforce.org is where you can find Keith and his organization. National-taskforce.org. Dot org. That's where you can find them. And uh, Keith, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you after we close out the show. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And Lord willing, we're going to be back with you in the morning with our Common Core diva, Lynn Taylor, to talk about where government has usurped its authority again in education, I mean, indoctrination. We'll see you then, Lord willing. See you.